Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is the Osmo NFL lineup building show. Once again, Gundacker and I going over some of the top stacks of the week for this weekend's football contest. And... Uh, we're going to be running back a team from last week that really uh, shit the bed and didn't do well for a lot of people. Uh, we're going to try to uh, resuscitate them with our lineups this week. That is going to be the Buffalo Bills. And then also, like if you guys have been watching the last couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a poll and we're going to be asking you, who is your favorite contrarian stack of the week? And we're going to close the show by going over the team that you guys choose as your favorite contrarian stack of the week. The choice that we have for this week are the Tennessee Titans the Green Bay Packers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So go answer the poll that we're going to have in the YouTube chat, and then whatever comes out ahead at the end of the show, that'll be the last segment we do. Uh, but first off, Gundacker, how are you doing? And uh, how are you going to feel about us opening up by making some Bills stacks again? You're, yeah, I'm fine with, hey, this is a sport, really DFS about having that goldfish memory. So uh, I'm fine with going back to the well. Sometimes if, uh, if a good team burns you the next week, maybe the field's a little less likely to go back to the stove that just burned them. But my hands are numb at this stage of my career. I just keep touching it until, it pays, until I get my uh, cheese-filled taco. Yeah, knees weak, palms are sweaty because we have to go back. I mean, this Buffalo Bills team last week, the, the spot they had against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't remember the exact number we had in our top stack stool, but they had like a 22 or 23% chance to be the top scoring team on the slate. Instead, they were the lowest scoring team on the slate. That was probably like a the less than 1% outcome that that was going to end up happening. Josh Allen sucked. And then as a result, obviously, all his, all his receivers sucked. He did absolutely nothing. And not to belabor the point too much before we get into DFS, but we see like the Bills as favorites to win the Super Bowl or tied, depending what sports book you look at with the Buccaneers. Josh Allen's still the betting favorite to win MVP. I don't get it. It's not to say this team is bad because I think they're good. We're about to talk about them as, as a top stack in our tools this week. But there's been players that are better than Josh Allen. The Bills have one win now against a team over 500 this year. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. At the time last week, they had zero wins against the team over 500, and the Chiefs won to get over 500. So uh, a little miffed from me on that point. But uh, without further ado, we're going to be stacking the uh, the Buffalo Bills right now. So I, I want to ask you first, do you have any kind of reservation about this whatsoever after what happened last week? No, <laughs> nope. I trust. I mean, I got to go with the numbers. Uh, and if, uh, you know, if the ownership is right and right now, it's all right. I, I'm fine with running back to uh, uh, the, the math, trust the math long term. Every now and then it's it's going to flop. So I, I, I'm not I'm not going to overthink it. Yeah. And once again, so here's the, here's the data in our, in our top stacks. And by the way, the Buffalo was this, they only play crappy football teams. Like there's, or they, they, I know they played the chiefs this year and that was the game. They narrowly won. They lost to, they lost to Titans in general though. 
I mean, they play like the, the Dolphins, they play the Jaguars, they play the Jets this week. Just incredible easy strength of schedule was, uh, comes in hand in hand with playing in the uh, in the East in 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 the East right there and getting the, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Jets in their division. But uh, here here are the numbers: Buffalo Bills. We have eleven point four percent ownership going to Josh Allen, fifteen point six percent chance for them to be the top stack of the week. So this is the most positively leveraged stack on the entire slate. Positive four point two percent leverage stack is one that I think makes sense to be overweight to the field on. Now, breaking down these Buffalo Bills, when we start to set up some of the parameters that we're going to set in Fantasy Cruncher here, Gundacker, uh, and, and Mike, pull up uh, Fantasy Cruncher, we'll go in there and start uh, setting up some of these stacks. Um, how many, how many wideouts or pass catchers are you looking to stack with, um, with, with Josh Allen this weekend? Um, probably two, Stefan Diggs, and then I flip a coin usually between Beasley, Sanders, um and we still have uh, Knox is back right is um off the injury report so I guess Knox would be introduced into the uh into the mix as well so I before Knox got injured I was I was liking Diggs and Knox uh with with Josh Allen so if I can get back to that I'll be okay with it yeah and uh Dawson Knox he's going to be back that's going to take Tommy Sweeney in the mix and who knows if this is actually any relevance to it or if it's just a coincidence but uh, Josh Allen has been significantly better this year when Dawson Knox is on the field than when Dawson Knox is off the field. I don't think that Josh Allen's production is actually solely reliant on Dawson Knox, but uh, maybe, maybe he plays really well this week. We have to say that Dawson Knox is the, is the key. As for Cole Beasley, when we did this show last week, he was listed as questionable to play. Uh, they've been limiting him in practice, but he returned to practice in full yesterday. So no real concerns. Cole Beasley played last week, didn't have a big fantasy game, but Oh boy, do I feel like we were kind of on the right page there just from a standpoint of he was targeted 11 times, only at eight catches for 33 yards. The ADOT was terrible, but I mean, you look at the last three weeks now for Kobe, he's like nine targets, 13 targets, 11 targets, particularly for DraftKings since we're building DK lineups here and not FanDuel. I really like the PPR bonus that we're going to be getting out of Cole Beasley. So Mike, uh, let's start making these bill stacks. Go to the, um, go to the settings and yes, yeah, so in the position stacks, we're going to be stacking Josh Allen with at least two of his wide receivers and tight end. And bring back, I got to say, I'm, I'm not feeling super confident. I need to bring back options from the Jets. Although we have seen Mike White has played uh, extremely well in some, in some recent games for the Jets. But how do you feel about a bring back? Do we want to force one here or no? No, I wouldn't force it. Like I wouldn't hate okay. if uh, someone landed in there, but I wouldn't force it. All right, so then, uh, Mike, heading over to the just general rules, turn on the randomness, and we'll go with 25%. Uh, turn it on and change it to all the players. All right. Uh, did you click change all players? All right, cool. And then just lock in Josh Allen, a quarterback, and uh, run 50 lineups. And we will see what pops up in these lineups in terms of who actually gets through our projections, who ends up being the players that are stacked most commonly with Josh Allen, and who are some of the players that get uh, filtered around him. Uh, you have to uh, scroll to downwards, uh, set it on. Uh, okay, oh, we're good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, well, it's really small on my experience, so it's hard for me to see there. But uh, all right, so Josh Allen, a quarterback, no surprise there. We're getting to Cole Beasley as the number one stack option with Josh Allen. Also, Emmanuel Sanders, Stefan Diggs, they're popping up. A number one guy to get to does appear to be Cole Beasley in tandem with uh, Josh Allen. 
The number one overall value play on the slate, it looks like a lot of Dearness Johnson is popping up in lineups here. How do you feel about Dearness Johnson as a value play this slate? I feel him uh, very difficult to get away from. Yeah, I'm in full agreement here. It, it, we might get a, a lot of potential value running backs this weekend, but Dearness Johnson has already shown us that, you know, behind that O-line with uh, a lack of competitors to, to, to eat at some carries, man, he has some upside and, uh, against Denver, he showed us that uh, at forty seven hundred, he can definitely serve a role in our lineup. So I'm with you. I don't I don't see how I can get too far away from it. Yeah. So Dearness Johnson popping up a lot, and then we've just got these other cheaper running backs like James Connors popping up a lot, which to me is also really sensible. He had a big game last week, and also pretty reasonably priced on DraftKings sixty three hundred. No Chase Edmonds expected to play this week. And they've got Mark Ingram popping up in a lot of lineups, and you know I thought this guy was out of our lives, particularly on the Saints. <laughs> But now we've got Alvin Kamara's listed as questionable to play. He's not yet practiced this week. So it seems like there's a pretty good chance that Alvin Kamara ultimately sits out. You know, who ultimately knows when, when we're going to need some more information and certainly stuff will have tomorrow and Sunday when, when there's live before lock and all that. So you guys should be liking this video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so we have more updates. But as of right now, it looks like there's a pretty good chance that Alvin Kamara doesn't play. So we've got Mark Ingram popping up in a lot of lineups. Uh, but but once again, it does look like we're just looking at the actual stack options here. Josh Allen, at quarterback, and it looks like Cole Beasley is the number one stack option and then kind of split between Emmanuel Sanders and Stefan Diggs. Does it make sense to you that Cole Beasley pops up most meaningfully when we consider the PPR bonus on DraftKings and his target share recently? It does. It makes sense. But I'll say like the recent target. Uh, boost the I guess the last three games I feel like it, it does coincide with Dawson Knox going down so like I, I would probably try and govern that a little bit to to even out the seesaw a little bit but like I'm definitely not anti-beast I just wouldn't want it to be the clear 2A I would like to probably get Knox up a little higher as a uh, you know a red zone target yeah, and that actually is a really good point is so what we do have Cole Beasley projected really highly and his targets have been massively high you know, it's, is, this a, is this just a product of Dawson Knox being out? Is it a product of Cole Beasley maybe not being healthy at the start of the year? And now he's getting healthier. So maybe there is reason to dial back some of the exposure to Cole Beasley in, in, uh, in some of those lineups and maybe try to prioritize some of the other guys a little bit more than what we're getting in terms of our, uh, our stacking options here. So let's head on over now, Mike, to FanDuel, where if you go to the top left of the screen, you could... Uh, flip it from DraftKings to FanDuel. All right. And our FanDuel stack that we're going to be making today is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers, another team, a little bit banged up at wide receiver this week. Uh, but if you do look at our, our overall stack options here and our, our top stacks, we do have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going a little bit uh, under underutilized by the field. 9.4% ownership going to Tom Brady, 11.7% chance this team ends up being the top stack. I'm seeing in YouTube chat, people are asking about the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Chris G was asking, the reason I ultimately settled on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers instead of the Dallas Cowboys is because we have almost identical odds of these two teams being a top stock, but less ownership going to Tom Brady. So 11.8% ownership to Dak Prescott, 9.4% ownership to Tom Brady, the top stock odds, 11.9% for the Cowboys, 11.7% for the Buccaneers. Also, the uh, top stacks tool that is free over on awesome.com today. So if you guys want to check out some of these numbers while we're doing the show, you can go check that out. And that is a uh, free content for today over on awesome.com. So uh, kind of the same question that we, uh, that, that we did before with the, uh, with the bills gun is, are you looking to stack one 
or two uh, uh, pass catchers with Tom Brady here when we're making our, our stacks rules? Uh, probably two. Usually Brady isn't that mobile. He'll get you that quarterback sneak touchdown here and then. But if he's going to pay off as the optimal quarterback plays, probably going to have to throw multiple uh, touchdowns. So I, I usually want to get two pass catchers with him. Uh, the waters could get murky if uh, Godwin doesn't play. It looks like he came back to practice. So he might be one of those GTDs. Um, so I, I have two in mind. It would be Mike Evans and potentially Godwin, depending on his status. Yeah, and that's something else too. And I think, uh, so two points here and both things I agree with you on. Number one, the Buccaneers, we don't exactly know who's going to be a wide receiver for them. Antonio Brown, he's missed games. He hasn't been practicing. Chris Godwin, he hasn't been practicing. If both those guys are out, we do have a situation with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where number one, Tyler Johnson would become a really good value play. But then number two, Mike Evans becomes an obvious payoff option. And also with Tampa Bay, it's kind of hard to figure out where the target's going to go on a week-to-week basis but it gets a little easier to figure out when all of a sudden we have, and by the way, Rob Gronkowski, of course, he's been out for a while and it, it's unsure if he's going to play this week, but all of a sudden you're in a situation where the team that's really hard to figure out where the targets are going. I think we could fairly confidently say it would be Mike Evans and Tyler Johnson as the go-to guys. If Tom Brady ultimately is not able. I mean, if, uh, if, if Godwin and Antonio Brown aren't able to play. So actually let's build lineups here with, um, Mike, first thing I, I want to do, go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and take uh, take Antonio Brown out of the player pool. I'm just going to assume he's – he's or, or you're on the stacks rule, so we could set – so I'm, I'm sending him on a goose on here. I'm just making him go back and forth between <laughs> between settings. Uh, take Antonio Brown out of the player pool. Let's let's remove him, and I think that – I think Godwin has a better chance of playing this week than Antonio Brown. So let's remove Antonio Brown so he doesn't pop up in any of our stacks. Also, I totally agree with what Gundacker said. When we're going to stacks, I think we want to be stacking Tom Brady with at least two of his pass catchers. And something that's a little bit different about Tom Brady than, say, a quarterback like Josh Allen, who we talked about before, Josh Allen could accumulate a lot of rushing yards. He could run for one or two touchdowns. Brady's fairly dependent on being able to throw the ball. So if we see a big game out of Tom Brady for fantasy purposes, it's most likely going to come through the air. Therefore, two of his receivers at least I would expect to be having a uh, a pretty a pretty good game there. Now, in terms of a run back, uh, is there anything that you want to force from the uh, from from Washington football team? Do you want to make it so that our lineups need to include Washington players or no? Um, McLaurin and I guess McLaurin is tempting, but at seventy six hundred, I, I probably wouldn't force it. Okay, so we'll just go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no problem there. So we'll just go uh, stack QB with at least two of wide receiver and tight end options and add that rule. All right. And then uh, same other stuff, Mike, just go to the, uh, go to the general, go to the uh, general settings, turn on the randomness, set it to uh, set it to 25%, make sure that we have all the players set there and then uh, run the lineups. Now I'm going to ask you, Dundak, before we actually see these, these lineups run, just based on projections, which pass catcher do you think is going to appear most likely in stacks with the, uh, that's actually really funny, uh, Stephen Leibowitz called the show the uh, run backer. Uh, it, who, who, who do you think is going to pop up most often as the stack option with, um, with uh, are, are AB and Bronk definitely out? That's not what we have right now. Here, I think they're likely uh, out, but not definitely out, unless I, I, something's changed while we're on the show. I have AB out. 
I have a I have at least a B out. Um, I took I mean I said to take him out anyway, but at least I hadn't seen before we started there officially. I just they were unlikely to play. Yeah, according to the DK Blair Bronx also ruled out. So that's from the Athletic. Okay. Oh, you know what? You know what happened? They got ruled out just as we were starting the show. That's that's why it was. So it wasn't something. You know, it's so funny. We do this. Um, we do this show, and like, how often is there football news on a Friday afternoon? And for some reason, now this is like the second time we've done the show where players have gotten ruled out just as we're starting. So yeah, take Antonio Brown out, take Gronk out. Uh, so full news, we've got um, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and Rashad Robinson all out for Sunday's game in Washington. Chris Godwin will be a game time decision. So we'll take Gronk out. We'll take AB out. We'll leave Chris Godwin in for now. Still two pass catcher, uh, two pass catcher. There. Also, thank you to Josh Plays DFS for uh, for letting us know that news broke just as we're starting a show on a football afternoon when we're generally <laughs> not looking for uh, for football news. And then uh, and then we'll run these lineups and see what pops up. But uh, so once again, I'll ask you. Um, I, I oh here we go. We, we got them running now. This is also, we're going to get, I assume, a lot of the same value plays over on FanDuel that we were getting to on uh, DK before. Dearness Johnson popping up a lot of lineups. No surprise. Although here, we're getting to some of Alvin Kamara and some of Mark Ingram in lineups as well. Uh, Alvin Kamara currently priced at uh, $8,800 on FanDuel. Once again, he's questionable to play. That's going to change a lot if he's in. Mark Ingram and Dearness Johnson, I think, are the two best value plays on FanDuel. Should Alvin Kamara get ruled out? James Conner also popping up in a lot of lineups. So a lot of the same guys. I'm kind of curious over wide receiver who we're getting to. Mike, can you just click on the wide receiver tab? I just want to isolate some of the wide receivers. Look, we've got Cole Beasley popping up a lot, even outside of uh, even outside of Bill Stacks. Deontay Johnson is coming up a ton, and we might talk to uh, talk about him a little bit more when we do uh, the next stack, just because uh, we have the Steelers as one of the options. And uh, I should have ran this with Mike before, but uh, I didn't. Uh, Mike, do you do do you not know how to set up the uh, the polls in in YouTube? I don't know how to do it either, by the way. Okay. All right. So uh, the, the the three teams that we want in the poll, and by the way, if we're not able to set up a poll, guys, just message in YouTube chat which team you want to see a stack next. Uh, over on DraftKings, the top contrarian options in our top stacks, well, the Steelers, the Packers, the Titans. So just do us a favor if, if we don't get the poll set up. Just answer in chat who you want us to see us answer, who you want to see us make stacks of Steelers, Packers, or Titans. Um, and all right, looks like uh, well, we've got not not that this is a a vote of confidence for who's going to stack, but Juan Marillo says the Bills will destroy the Jets. Yeah, most likely. Although I would have thought <laughs> I would have thought that against the Jaguars last week as well, and uh, see how that went. But uh, anything else from these stacks that really stand out to you, Gundacker, in terms of the players that popped up? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd probably drive a wedge between the overlap between Ingram and, and Kamara once we fine tune it. But for the most part, like just being stack centric, Evans and Godwin are the the one and two I'll be targeting as long as Godwin can play. And the fact that they ruled everyone else out and Godwin seems closer to if he, you know, to a maybe that lets me uh, know that there's a chance he can play. And like you said, if he can't go, if we think he might be limited, we might uh, try and up some exposure to Tyler Johnson. All right, so uh, we've got a couple answers in the. Okay, we've got a couple answers in the YouTube chats. So we are we're going to be doing the Titans first, uh, but we're going to be the, doing the Titans next. But uh, first, shout out to the sponsor of the show, Jock Market. 
Totally different way to look at and play daily fantasy sports. Jock market, it is a stock market, but for athletes. So there's an IPO period. You go, you bid on players. And then just because the game started, it doesn't mean your lineups, your shares of players have locked. You could buy, sell, trade players after the games already start. It's a really fun, different way to play daily fantasy sports. They have an app you go download in, in the app store from any of your device that you use. But also, most importantly, if you're making your first deposit, use the promo code AWESOME to get up to a $50 bonus on your first deposit. Also, if you're playing your first ever NFL or NBA slate, they will refund your first slate up to $100. So you go play risk-free for up to $100, deposit the $50, use that Osmo promo code, you get the $50 bonus, and you're basically playing with $100 free roll there because they're going to be refunding the first slate. So really good way to check out Jock Market and a different fun way to play daily fantasy sports. All right, so uh, we'll head on over to the uh, Titan stack now that we're going to be making over on DraftKings. We do have a question here from Steve, Steven Leibowitz who's saying, what about stacks using the RB1? There are certain teams that I think it makes sense to stack the quarterback with the running back as long as it's somebody who's a pass-catching running back. So, you know, maybe there's some some reason to think Leonard Fournette would have fit that bill for Buffalo Bills. I'm not looking to stack Zach Moss or Devin Singletary with Josh Allen. Uh, and then we talk about Tennessee. I just don't really love any of the Tennessee running backs this week. It's a total mess for me with Derrick Henry out. So... Uh, as we are moving over to the Titans, I'm going to ask you, is there is there any one Titans running back you feel comfortable enough with that you would want to get into stacks with Ryan Tannehill? No. Yeah, that is, uh, that is the same page that I'm on. So uh, for this, for, so for, uh, for this one rules, let's, let's do a bring back for, for this one. We've got Tennessee. Uh, going up against the New Orleans Saints this week. And that's going to bring up some interesting options because uh, we're going to get to a lot of Mark Ingram, I assume. There's going to be Alvin Kamara popping up in some of those lineups. So uh, make sure that we're stacking QB with at least uh, two of his wide receivers, tight ends. And um, then also make sure that we have a... Uh, and by the way, you don't, you don't have to set this specific team, Mike, you could just, because we're going to be locking in Ryan Tannehill. So it, it does, it doesn't matter if you specify a team or not, but make sure you delete the Just delete the old rule. All right. And then, uh, do a, do a stack UB with at least one of wide receiver running back tight end from the opposing team. And then everything else uh, will be the same in terms of the general settings. But for quarterback, make sure you no longer have Josh Allen locked in and lock in Ryan Tannehill in his place. And now we're going to have the uh, moment of truth when we run these lineups. Before we run our 50 lineups here, Gundacker, which pass catcher do you think is going to come up most often with Ryan Tannehill? There's, some, there's a few guys to choose from here. Wait, I would assume A.J. Brown. Yeah, I think I think I'm on the same page as that uh, as you as well. So let's, let's run these lineups, Mike, and see what uh, what comes up. Yep, it is AJ Brown. Uh, Julio Jones also appearing as the uh, the secondary receiving option. So Julio Jones this week, who uh, he is currently on the injury report with a hamstring injury, but he was able to practice in limited fashion. 
Julio, when's the last time Julio Jones yeah, regularly say, practiced like, in fall? You know, like we're, we're, we're talking eight years ago, the last time that Julio Jones was practicing in full during the week. So I'm not massively concerned. One thing that is a little bit concerning to me, he's only scored double-digit fantasy points in one game this entire season. Do you attribute this to the health of Julio Jones? Is it something else? Is it chemistry with a new team? Do you think we're going to see him get back to any kind of relevant fantasy production going forward? I mean, it seems like it would be touchdown centric. Maybe we need some more sample size without Derrick Henry. But even looking at last week, only A.J. Brown was the Rocky. The running backs were so spread out. The receivers, the pass catchers were so spread out that um, it's going to be a volatile uh, journey with AJ with a, uh, Julio. But also that game was a little different than a lot of people expected. But uh, the, the game script you know, we went to the Rams game thinking it would be a throw heavy uh, uh, game script for the Titans playing from behind and it didn't quite happen. So maybe we need more sample size in life without Derrick Henry, but it does feel like it's AJ Brown one and then good luck with everybody else. Yeah. And that is, uh, that's also what's coming up in the lineups here. AJ Brown by far the most popular stack option with, um, with Ryan's hand, Julio Jones, another one, then tight ends. We've got Jeff Swain popping up a little bit. Jeff Swain's brought some surprising production last two weeks for Jeff Swain. He scored 12.3 and 12.9 DraftKings points for 2,500 tight end. That's not the end of the world. He's caught touchdowns in both those games. Uh, also Anthony Ferkshire popping up in some of these lineups. Uh, but it kind of seems like Jeff Swaim has been the go-to tight end for uh, Ryan Tannehill over Furcher. I know Furcher entered the season as the starter, but if you were building one lineup that was a tight end stack and you can only play one of these tight ends, would you be going to Jeff uh, Jeff Swaim or Anthony Furcher? Um, probably Swaim. It's, it's closer to a coin flip, but uh, you know Swaim has been popping for me lately, so I'll, I'll stick with the the hot hand. You know what's um, you know what's funny about Anthony Furcher? I'm watching a I'm watching Titans game with my dad last week, and my dad says to me, "Oh, Furcher, that name sounds familiar. I used to I used to work with a guy named uh, Furcher. He goes he goes and looks it up. Turns out Anthony Furcher is the uh, is the son of a guy my dad used to work with like 20 years ago. So uh, not that that has any relevance on his fantasy production. I still think that uh, <laughs> it, it, all that aside, Jeff Swain, the uh, the better. Uh, option at, at tight end. Now looking at uh, looking at run back options in here, Mark Ingram popping up a whole bunch. No surprise there. He's one of the top potential value plays on the slate. Alvin Kamara also popping up in some lineups at uh, at eighty at eighty two hundred on DraftKings. But once again, we don't know whether he's going to play or not. He's listed as questionable. He hasn't been able to practice this week. Let's assume now because it's going to be obvious if he's out. We're playing Mark Ingram. If Alvin Kamara plays, how comfortable would you be? playing him in lineups as a, as a bring back option, as your gun dacker to, uh, to your, your, your gun dacker stack option here, the run, the, the gun backer, as a uh, Stephen Lee Woods called it is, is Alvin Kamara a good gun backer in the, uh, in the Titan stacks? Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, for, for DraftKings, you know, more so because of the PPR, uh, I don't mind him. He's, he's going to be probably the highest usage guy, high, highest volume on that on the uh, Saints team. The other guy I had my eye on was Deontay Harris. Those would probably be my, my, my two favorite options, uh, assuming Kamar is a full go. Yeah, and then I'll also ask you, in terms of Mark Ingram, how would you feel about him as a potential play 
if Alvin Kamara is in there. We do see uh, Mark Ingram last week, nine carries for 43 yards. He was targeted five times in the passing game. I might think that Mark Ingram sucks. You might think he sucks. Everybody likes football might think he sucks, but you know who doesn't think he sucks? Sean Payton. That's whose opinion matters more than anything. So would you be willing to get to Mark Ingram even if Alvin Kamara plays? I think there's going to be some competitors at that price range that I, I feel a little bit more warm and fuzzy on. Um, I mean, years back, Kamara Ingram combo every now and then they, they, they both get there, but I feel like if I'm chasing optimal ceiling output, I probably don't get to much Ingram when Darren Johnson's a stone throw away uh, and Ingram still has to back up Kamara. Yeah. And then, I mean, the other thing I didn't even bring up in these stacks, cause it's no real surprise. Dearness Johnson pops up in basically every single lineup. That's going to be the case. If you're running any lineups off of, off of projections this week, Dearness Johnson is going to pop up in basically all of them. We've already seen him crush in one game. He started against the Denver Broncos. He carried the ball 22 times for 146 yards in that game. And now we've got no Nick Chubb this week. He's out due to COVID. Uh, uh, we, we've got a uh, cream hunt. He's still out. So it looks like there's going to be another spot for Dearness Johnson to get all the workload. Uh, that is going to do it for us today, guys. If you have any questions about any of the tools, any of the settings I use on fantasy cruncher, hit me up on Twitter. You could also hit Gundacker up on Twitter. Both of us are pretty available. You should be following both of us and, uh, and we'll be able to help give you some advice on DFS. Also, don't forget, head on over to awesome. check out the top stacks tool, free content today. Uh, always a good way to help with your process. Good luck this weekend.